Hey everybody, welcome back to the Toy Lines Podcast. This is Ian Westhoff, and with me is my good buddy, Tom Romero. I just want to say thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoy our show, please pass it along to your friends, your parents, your dog. Tell anybody you know. Tell anybody you don't know. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Today, we're going to be doing something a little different. We're going to be talking about cartoons, our favorites, maybe some of our not favorites, maybe some of the ones you grew up with too, uh, maybe some of the ones you watch now. I mean, uh, I still watch cartoons. What about you, Tom? Every day. Yeah. Let's so, start trans- yeah, Transformers just came out with their Siege trilogy. I don't know. I'm old school. I like the Generation 1 stuff back in the 80s. I just can't understand why they can't continue that show. Like, this whole new show has... I guess it's a different take on the war on Cybertron, but, you know, Bumblebee's this badass now, and, you know, he doesn't want to join the Decepticons or Autobots. He He's like a freelancer. I don't know. I, I, I get it. People want to make new things, but you can make new things while continuing... You know, the old, you don't have to, you don't always have to start from day one, you know? I mean, it's not a bad story. I mean, like I said, it, it's not really for me. But the animation's okay. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of that computer stuff. I, I'm more like yeah. an ink and paint guy. Yeah, you know, a lot of comp- cartoons are going ink and paint. Oh, I'm sorry, going computer. I, I could be, I guess I'm a snob because I prefer the films of when it comes to animated stuff like disney and pixar there are a few that are not disney or pixar that i think are excellent it's like three movies uh, one of them is monster house which is just a great movie the other one is the iron giant which is based actually based off a book but uh directed by brad bird that's a it's actually a really good movie yeah and uh, another thing about the monster house the guy that created Scud, the disposable assassin, Rob Schraub, actually created that. That he, uh, he created Monster House. Yeah, yeah. Really? He wrote. Yeah, he wrote the first draft. That was the first thing I believe he sold. Okay. And in an interview with Dan Harmon, he mentions he mentions that. Yeah, it's, it's a good cast, and it's just um, it's an interesting take on a concept of a haunt of a haunted house. Uh, some good humor in it. Trying to think what the third one was off the top of my head, and um, well, I can't remember. But we could even say um, I didn't prepare any of it for this, but like cartoons, almost uh, stop motion films can be considered that. Um, in your average, you know, hand drawn cartoon, it's 24 pictures per second, and that's exactly what they do for stop motion. So yeah, stop motion films are or cartoons, or claymation, or, you know, Wallace and Gromit, and all that stuff. They're just as good, but, uh, yeah, I prefer the ink and paint stuff, and even though they're getting away from that, they've really gotten away from that, I, I still like it. Um, I, you know, some of those old, like, if you look at the old Disney classics, or, or they still hold up. The artwork, the animation, just what went into making this is just incredible. You know, this is, it was a real, it's a real talent. It's a real art form. So, somewhat, just like stop motion, is somewhat forgotten which is a shame because uh, how much effort goes into it. If you just think, if you have the time, try drawing something to animate it, even a flip book, which is the crudest form of a cartoon. And you'll see just the amount of work you got to put into it. And then uh, you kind of, I appreciate it more because of those things. But, you know, growing up, there are things that uh, reruns of Looney Tunes and Heckle and Jekyll and Tom and Jerry. So a lot of the, the cartoons growing up when I, when I was a kid were reruns of things from the 30s or 40s, like uh, Looney Tunes, 
Tom and Jerry. Um, yeah, one, Bugs Bunny just turned 80. Bugs Bunny. I mean, he, the Looney Tunes were re- really our first intro to classical music. If yeah. you think about it. And we're not only were, Doc. Yeah. And it's like th- they had great scores. You know, the music in them were great. The Mel Blanc was just a genius. Um, another cartoon was like, you know, Heckle and Jekyll, which I don't even think you can find anymore. I haven't seen that cartoon in years. Um, did, you, did you ever see that one? Heckle and Jekyll? Yeah, yeah, right after Woody Woodpecker. Yeah. Mel Blanc actually created the laugh of Woody Woodpecker mm-hmm. uh, when he was a kid. <laughs> There's a great biography out on him. Um, just his, uh, his talent was incredible. He was definitely um, a genius. He was. And, and you know, interesting thing, his son, he comes, cl- well, he's extremely close, but he's not, he's not exactly like his father. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if you, you're familiar with him, but he actually took over for a while for, for his dad. Yeah. You know, and it's like, he really was the man of a thousand voices. I mean, mm-hmm. he could do a sputtering car. He could do different characters, you know, Bugs Bunny or... Sylvester and his actual voice sounded like Sylvester the cat just without the um the lisp. Did he have a lisp, Sylvester? Yeah. Did? yeah. So he sounded like that just without the lisp. But you know, sometimes some of the characters he did, they would even though he would do a, a voice, they'd speed it up or they'd lower it, whatever. But he was really, really talented. You know, and there's a lot of talented guys out today. I mean, we could spend a whole another episode just talking about the people who do voice work today. Actually, there's a good documentary. It's a podcast documentary, actually. From uh, Adult Swim, drawn the story of animation. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it came out two years ago. It's yeah. it's really good. I mean, she she puts work into it, and uh, I think it won an award actually. Oh well, yeah, I I love like learning stuff. Uh, I got books on my wife and I bought about Disney animation. Um, just Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnson put out a book about animating. We bought we bought this used years ago. And I, I refer to it to this day when I'm like writing an article and I want some kind of information about uh, one of their early films. But um, one, of my, one of my favorite old cartoons, Tom, I don't know if you ever saw these or not. There's two of them. It's The House of Tomorrow and The Car of Tomorrow. They're, I think they were Tex Avery cartoons, but they were like basically the, the future of what a house would be or a car would be. And, you know, it was just all silliness. But um, if you haven't seen them, I would recommend them. They're just, they're great to watch. It's, uh, it's pretty funny. Um, Do you remember the first cartoon you ever saw? See, that's like, you know what? That's funny because it's like saying, do you remember the first time you saw Star Wars? So I was two when Star Wars came out. Always remember seeing it. I just always remember watching cartoons. So probably not, you know, like okay. I can remember the things I watched. I can remember the things I liked and didn't like, but like the first one, no. Uh, do you actually remember? I do. Really? Surprisingly enough. I came from a good family. Like everybody in America at the time, the TV was the babysitter. Sure. I, re- I remember it distinctly. I was at my grandmother's house and she, she was looking for something for me to, you know, to keep me quiet. And I'll never forget. It was channel 11 and it was a black and white Popeye episode. Oh, wow. Old school. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if it was the amazement of TV, if, you know, if seeing things move in, in a box, but there was something about that sailor I'll never forget. <laughs> I was just, I was hooked instantly. I didn't understand like the, I mean, 
you know, I was a child. I, I was trying to get, you know, figure out all the concepts and yeah. and stuff. But Listen, listening to I, what he says too. Yeah, he's... I I got the story. Um, you know, there was a hero, a villain, and a damsel. Basic stuff. Right. But I will never forget. And ever since then, I was hooked on on cartoons. Cool. I mean, I never stopped watching them. Then, I mean, Popeye for me was, you know, for for a weird term, like crack. <laughs> you know, once I got there, then I discovered Saturday Morning and Bugs Bunny. Early on, after Bugs, then I moved on to Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. And then from there, it was just... I think we we grew up in a in a great age where we can slowly, progressively get into cartoons. Yeah. And the other thing is if you were to if you watch certain cartoons now from Bugs Bunny, they even Walt Disney, they, they took some scenes out, like uh Pecos Bill, if you watch that episode uh, that uh, I think it was it was a silly symphony, I believe. No, I'm sorry, it was one of the one of them movies with Pecos Bill. He smoked in it and I believe they, they took this they went back and took the cigarette out. They went back and took scenes out of cartoons where there might have been some sort of violence, that, you know. They so they're. I don't I, hate, I don't I, like when they do that. I, yeah, I'm not a. I'm not a. I don't. I never smoked. I, I'm I, not I, a. Exactly. Know? I'm not a barbarian. There. I mean, I don't want to start getting into politics, but they they've essentially told parents, "Listen, we're going to do the job for you. Why bother telling your kid not to smoke?" Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up with the same cartoons. I'm not a violent person. I've never tried to fly out of my window. I've never tried to be the human torch. You know, I mean, you just, you know, take care of your kids. They'll be fine. When I was like a great episode of The Simpsons, when uh, Marge is watching, sees Itchy and Scratchy because um, Maggie hits Homer on the head with a hammer because that happened in Itchy and Scratchy. Uh, this is mm. going back a couple of seasons. Cartoons, were, they were violent when we were kids. There are funny violence, you know. You never hit each other like that. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, he, it's like you know, you know that Bugs Bunny gets shot by Elmer Fudd. Two scenes later, Bugs Bunny is going to be walking around, nothing. Yeah. You know, he'll be yeah, fine. Like you know the, that I, I'm smart enough, even as a child, to realize that's not real. Yeah, when Daffy gets his shot because of uh, duck season, rabbit season, and his his bill is like always. Yeah, always. You know, it's just twirling funny. around. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I, I laugh at that to this day. I never, I mean, thought I, twice about it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Popeye eat spinach a million times, get you know jacked, and go beat people up. But I know I'm not going to eat spinach, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> Do you like spinach? Trust me. Yeah, my mom, my mom pulled that. She's like, you have to eat your spinach. You want to be just like Popeye. I like spinach, but you know, I yeah, um, I don't want to be Popeye. I mean, I kind of want to crush it out of the can like he does and fly, you know, shoot it in the air and I'll I'll catch it in my mouth. It's it's kind of cool the way he does it. Yeah, no. There is a documentary coming out on August 14th, video on demand. I cannot wait for this. It's called Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy. It's the documentary of Ren and Stimpy. Is this about the downfall too of the creator? How he the rise and fall of John? Yeah, yeah, I I just saw that. I mean, from what I heard, he's maybe somewhat of a perfectionist. He's tough to work with, I've heard. I mean, regardless, he, he man's a genius. No, that thing was huge. What was that, like, 90s? That Ren Stimpy was, like, somewhere in oh, the 90s. Yeah. That was yeah. and, huge. And you can still feel it, their influence to this day. I don't know any program. And I think if you went 
if they went to make it again, I don't know if they did or not, if they rebooted it, it just wouldn't be the same. It's just like when they rebooted Beavis and Butthead to bring well, it back. He you know did it on Spike TV. I guess that's that's the beginning of the downfall. At least I think so as a Ren Stimpy watcher. He I mean he introduced he was trying to reinvent the wheel again, even though he perfected it the first time. Yeah, at least that's my my take on it. You know, it it became more adult, which is kind of weird. wasn't kind of weird, but he he might have just went too far. I that's what I'm thinking. I, I think he was he was at the point. I mean, this is all speculation. I think he was just at the point where he wanted his comeback. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Ren Stimpy got out of Nickelodeon. They were on Spike TV at the time, and I think he just wanted to do shock for shock value. Yeah, but you know what it might have been, too? If he was on Nickelodeon, they might have said no, 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 to the, all these things he always wanted to do. So what he was allowed to do made the show great. And then when he finally got to do it, maybe that's that was his vision all along what he did on Spike TV. Maybe. It's kind of what they said about Alfred Hitchcock when he um did. did so he cut the original um, version of Psycho. And he left a lot of the violent, like real heavy violence in. And... um purposely because he knew when they went to screen it they were going to say all right you got to take this 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 and out and he so he purposely did that so he'd be able to keep the stuff he wanted in and for 1960 it was a very controversial film they showed a toilet you know they, they never showed that if look at the brady bunch uh you never really yeah you're in no you don't see anything you don't show a toilet i mean for god's sake what, what it's not like the pissing in it excuse me yeah you know, but you know what i mean it's like they wouldn't show a toilet, you know. It's like, and in, in Psycho, they showed that they, they, you know, he he pushed the limit with that movie. So there's a misconception that the first couple ever to be filmed together in bed was the Brady's. That's okay. not that's not true. Is it I Love Lucy? Nope. They they did they had they had separate beds, right? Yes. It was Wilma and Fred Flintstone. Yeah. And that that was another thing as a kid. It's like. You know, when you look at the TV shows, the, the mother, the parents, separate beds, and it's just like... Right? I mean... I think it was yeah, just... something. something's wrong there. It's like, they, they don't want to show them in the same bed. Okay, that's... That, well, why? I mean, I, I know why, but, like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know, it's just... Censor, the way they censor things back then just didn't make sense. Like, it doesn't make sense now. I mean, with some of the things you see... Yeah. And even the things that get censored now. I mean, you see a whole bathroom in shows now. I mean, it's just... Well, yeah, you, you see shows where they're repairing bathrooms. That's right. You can watch a whole show yeah. about a, about the history of toilets, if you want. Watching a couple of documentaries and doing research. There used to be something called the Children's Action Network, and it was ran by a woman named Peggy Sharon. She actually got the people at Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future to hire her as a script consultant. And to this day, not only was she paid for her services, but she didn't change not one word of dialogue. And basically, she just wanted to be famous. She went after He-Man. Oh, really? Affirmation. Yep. Well, yeah, because it promoted devil worshipping and violence oh, and... He but never Lou, did anything. Like, Lou, didn't Lou, is it Lou Scheimer? Oh, Lou, yeah, Lou Scheimer made sure of that. He, he made never sure he never exceeded, exceeded. I never saw He-Man cut somebody in half with that sword. And I'm sure know. it could have. Oh, easily. Uh, I mean, he said there's more violence on, on the news than in any of his cartoons, and he's right. Yeah, I mean, to this day. 
so she was in charge. She got script approval or, you know, else, I don't know, bad publicity or she, she would have done something. So, oh, so when she got the position, she was fine. She can criticize, you know, He-Man uprooting a tree with his bare hands. She's not going to stop like Nazism or, or, you know, interactive violence. Right. You know, it's, it's all crap. I think. Speaking of crap, actually, I wanted to bring up uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Not to discuss the special itself, which we probably should do one day, but I just wanted to discuss the animated section. Um, the animation, Boba Fett. Yeah. The animation was done by uh, Nirvana, which is a Canadian company. I didn't like the way... I mean, it was cool that they had all the original voices. I did not like the way Han Solo looked. His face looked like, like a horse's long like a horse yeah um, but that was kind of like the animation style at the time yeah that was like that 70s popular stuff like uh like ralph bakshi okay that type of that type of animation the holiday special did something important it introduced us to boba fett which a lot of the original version of boba fett like the tuning gun rifle wound up going into the mandalorian so that was so that's pretty cool like it or not it's part of star wars history Boba Fett was voiced by two guys in this. I didn't get, I don't understand this at all. Per IMDb, Gabriel Dell and Don Franks voiced Boba Fett. So I don't quite get that, how that works. Um, but he voiced two people. And then continuing on with like Star Wars cartoons, granted today we have tons of them, but back when we were kids, we had that until 1985. Which is when we Droids had, um, and Ewoks. Droids right? and Ewoks. Supposedly, again, you know, I don't know if this is true or not. Between the two of those, each episode to produce was five hundred to six hundred thousand. Ewoks only ran for thirteen episodes, and now you know why. I mean, think about it—that five hundred grand, eighties money. Wicked was in it. He was voiced by a guy named Jim Henshaw, who voiced Tender Heart in the Care Bears. Apparently, also again, another guy voiced him, Danny, or. Danny or Denny Delk, not sure of his name. There was one other guy, the guy who did um, Boba Fett's voice from the holiday special, voiced a character called Dulok Shaman, which I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. I didn't really watch the show that much, so I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Ewoks took place between Empire and Jedi. Now, droids. Wait, Dulok Shaman? Yeah, that's the name. The character's name. It's the character's name. Oh, yeah, he was the like the. Mystic Guru and the Ewoks. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't really watch it. I, I think the toys were cool looking. Droids toys, I think R2 looks the best. Um, yeah, definitely. Droids had Yeah, that was a great concept too. Like, I really got into droids because this is the story of, of R2-D2 and C-3PO before, you know, the Rebellion and any of that stuff. I mean, that's... Believe it or not, if you really think about it, it bridges the gap between episode where they were in episode uh, one and all the way through there. I mean, continuity wise, I guess it's a little jacked because, you know, yeah, maybe his coverings. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, what was good about George was that Daniels did the voice of VPO. Yeah, that was always awesome. does. I think you go for anything, to be honest with you. Um, and Boba Fett had a cameo or, or isn't at least one episode. Um, mm-hmm. I did try to find out who did his voice, but I couldn't find it on uh, IMDb. 
But you know what I would like? Like, so Lucas made cartoons out of his stuff, you know, obviously droids, Ewoks. Why don't we get a Willow cartoon? That would have been kind of cool. Yeah. More maybe important, no, not enough interest. Possibly. More importantly, why don't we get an Indiana Jones cartoon? Because at this rate, not even just back then, going on today, with this shutdown, and Harrison Ford's, you know, his age, God bless him, but we might not get, he might decide not to do it anymore. There's a great trailer somebody made. His name is Patrick Schoenmaker. He did a, uh, on, on YouTube, you can look this up. It's called The Adventures of Indiana Jones. It's an animated trailer, sort of like an intro into an Indiana Jones cartoon show. It, it's incredible. It looks literally like something Lucas would have done. If you want to see something cool or like what an Indiana Jones cartoon would look like, I'd give that a shot. That would be a great, and this is still something that Disney could be putting on Disney Plus. Like, I don't know why they don't, I don't know why they don't do it, to be honest with you. Especially Indiana Jones, because, you know, like, I think fans would watch it. I would say that much. Yeah, they should go back and find droids and Ewoks for Disney Plus. I mean, honestly, you can't you can't find two more wholesome shows for children. That's true. I mean, yeah, droids was was a little violent, but no more so than an episode of Rebels or something. Yeah, right. Some cartoons, Tom. Let me know if you remember these or not. So these are. Um, 80s cartoons I remembered watching as a kid. Danger Mouse. Oh, yeah. So USA apparently... Network. And then afterwards, Banana Man. Oh, never heard of that one. Mm-hmm. So Danger Mouse, uh, I saw a Nickelodeon. Um, that show went on from 1981 to 1992. There was 90 episodes. Oh, crumbs. <laughs> Danger Mouse was voiced by a British actor, David Jason, and Penfold. Which was his sidekick, right? Yeah, little hamster. Uh, yeah, it was voiced by Terry Scott. It was a British cartoon. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, BBC One. And not to be out to Count Duckula. Yes, I remember him. Duckula. Yeah. Now, David Jason, who did Danger Mouse, voiced Count Duckula. The show ran from eighty-eight to ninety-three. Had I think at least fifty-two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, so Netflix a few years ago, um, picked up the license and there's a whole new bunch of danger mouse cartoons, but doesn't hold the candle to, to the originals. Is Duckula in it? They ever I do think do there's one episode. That's cool. Uh, little inspector gadget. You used to watch that. Oh yeah. So that yeah. went from, uh, only two years like, 83 to 85. It went quick, yeah. Geek Entertainment. Uh, Don Adams did the voice. Um, yeah. Frank Welker was the dog Brain, Dr. Mm-hmm. Claw. And, and Cree Cat. Summer. Cree Summer, yeah. She did Penny. Yeah. And then, of course, that brought into the live-action movies. Uh, the 1999 Matthew Broderick movie. I didn't see any of these. Neither um, have I. So Broderick was in the 99 movie. Uh, the television movie in 2003 was French Stewart. Uh, and then apparently in 2015, there was a new Inspector Garage and Gadget Court show. Uh, there was 52 episodes made. A guy named, I think his name was Ian Sherry, did mm-hmm. Inspector Gadget. And Penny was voiced by Tara Strong, who's done uh, Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, she's just... Um, my Little Pony. She's done a ton of yeah. uh, her her resume for um, voice work is just it's incredible. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, she she's big on the convention circuit. Yeah, they made a cartoon about Rambo and the Force of Freedom. Yeah. Um. No. Well, there's also a RoboCop. That's true. So Rambo had 65 episodes. He's mm-hmm. voiced by Neil Ross. Alan Oppenheimer did a voice in that. Colonel Samuel Troutman, I guess, yeah. the guy from the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, James Avery also did a voice, which I believe he was in Turtles. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sure you're going to remember this 80s classic this gem, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Yeah. It did, came right after, um, what was it, Bigfoot and the Monster Trucks? Did Hogan? It, it was a Saturday morning cartoon. It was. Did he introduce the episode? I think he did, yeah. Because do you know who voiced him in the show? No. Brad Garrett. Really? Uh, yeah, I didn't know his voice work went back that far to the 80s. Yeah. I mean, I one thing I remember him the most of is, is Robert from Everybody Loves Raymond. Right. But um, I mean and, mo- and most recently he was Krang in the in the last Turtles film. Was he really? Yeah, the last live action one he he played Krang. No kidding. I, I didn't know that. He's got a you know, he's got a great voice. Um, yeah, he, he definitely has a great voice for for voice. Yeah, you know, his, his role in, in uh, Finding Nemo as the blowfish um, mm-hmm. uh, on top of Mount Wanahakalugi. I don't know the show that you're a fan of, Muppet Babies. I oh, I love it. To this day, I'm, I kick myself every time I see the bootleg in front of me. It's usually about 50, 50 to like $75. And for some reason, I just keep asking. I was like, not this time. It's such a great show. I mean, when when it really took off, what was it, an hour long? I mean, that that was yes. unheard of. You know what's weird? They have a new one on Disney Channel. Yeah, I've seen and, it. Uh, it's just not the same. You no. Know? And uh, here's the thing. On the show, so it, it, it's, it's a show ran from 84 to 91. Barbara Billingsley did Nanny, who you never see. You just see her stockings. Right. So, but for those of you who don't know, Barbara Billingsley was the mother from Leave It to Beaver. If you don't know what Leave It to Beaver is, don't worry about it. Harry Mendel did 26 episodes uh, from 1984 to 85. Harry Mendel voiced Skeeter, which is where she was, she was introduced, the twin of Scooter, I, I believe they were twins. He did Bunsen and he did Animal. In 1986 to 91, Dave Coulier, who I remember seeing in the show, Canadian show called uh, Out of Control. Tommy would always say, cut it out. And Full House. He did the voice of Animal. He continued, uh, took over that role. The character of Bean Bunny and Bunsen. He did 81 episodes. That show is always great because they were always putting in like live action and Star Wars. And there was at the intro when Kermit's swinging like Indiana Jones in front of mm-hmm. the boulder. Was, yeah, there was a whole episode about that. Yeah, that was just great stuff. Yeah, that um, was good stuff. I mean, and then Howie Mandel always had that that same voice. I mean, he would change it up, uh, obviously, but like years later, it, Skeeter's voice was the same voice for Bobby's World. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That, that type of voice like this. You know, I mean, it was it was incredible. You don't know this, but Howie Mandel just walked into this, into our studio, folks. Um, <laughs> it was very nice of him to, to make that quick appearance. I, did, I, the year. I just hope it, it sounded right over the <laughs> microphone. I sound so weird. I got to just say this before I list a few more. Smurfs, obviously. And then the Snorks. That what was that? another 
the Smurfs ran for a long they time. They ran forever. And um but like I kind of feel like the Snorks was a ripoff version of it. It's the same company. They yeah. just had a but they had a stroke. Like what the hell's a snork? They're yeah. a round head with a, a straw sticking out of their head. So like I mean, they had a lot of popular voice actors, but like I didn't watch it. I just, I was just like, yeah, near did I? I was like Smurfs underwater. I, I, yeah, yeah. I'd rather you know see them above ground. But I'll never forget um, Smurfs and the Magic Flute. That was my introduction to the Smurfs. I don't know it was what a, mine was actually. It was a two-hour. Yeah, it was a two-hour movie. It was a good movie. Yeah, it basically introduced Papa Smurf and you know what he was about and and two. I guess the one guy was a knight and the, oh, yeah, the yeah, little yeah. kid, the little kid was a squire. Yeah. And he ended the, up. Yeah. He ended up with it with the flute. With, I forget their names, too, because they had like a. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember the top of my head. But do you remember that? Game? Like Johan or something. Yeah. Do you remember um, in the 80s, a thing called Laser Tech? Oh, yeah. It's Rival Photon. That's right. So laser tag was awesome. I never had one, yeah. but my buddy Rich did. Our friend Rich did, and you know he only had one gun and one little uh, star sensor. Light. Yeah, yeah. So nobody had laser tag parties, but they had a cartoon. Yeah, laser tag uh, academy. And I, in the yeah, and I, uh, one year, nineteen eighty six. But get this, Photon had a live action show. Did you shoot at the, the show? Could you play with the TV against the TV in that? Not, no, I don't, I don't think so. But it, it was it 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 was an interesting show. That's that's another bootleg I gotta find. But uh don't don't support bootleggers, kids. Yeah. That's that's I'll only for to... me. Yeah. All right. So Tommy, do you remember a show Spielberg produced called uh, Amazing Stories? Yes, fa- uh American Dog. Family Dog. Family yeah. Dog, yeah. So American Stories was sort of like your average your your Twilight Zone. It, yeah, it, it was just like, not as creepy. It was just like campfire well, stories or something yeah. your grandfather would tell you. You know, and there were some good episodes. There were, um, yeah, there were some. Really I wish that incredible. Would, I wish somebody would play that. To be honest with you. Uh, so, the Family Dog was on that, and the second season, and he spun off into his own show. Spun off into that's correct. So he was in season two, episode sixteen, Amazing Stories. Brad Bird directed the episode. Um, right. Stan Freeberg did the man, husband voice. Annie Potts did the wife's voice. The, the design of the dog, the animation design, was done by Tim Burton. So mm-hmm. if you look at that and then you look at Frankenweenie, you're going to see oh, it's it. the same dog. Same, same dog, yeah. Yeah. Same I'll dog. Never, yeah, that, that was a great show. That was, yeah. that was one of the shows that my mom... Why is this cartoon on at night? So she she intervened and she's like, let's watch it together just so I know it's appropriate for you. Because we were young when when Family Dog came out. Yeah, I remember. So it came I'll, out. Uh, Martin Mull did the husband's voice later on. Uh, and I'll never know, I'll never forget that. I'm sorry. That's right. I'll never forget that that one episode where I don't I, I may be crisscrossing them, but there's an episode where all the dog wanted was a, a drink of water. That's it. <laughs> The whole episode is just him trying to trying to get a drink of water. And I'll never forget the dogs like in the middle of the carpet or living room. He lifts his leg and all of a sudden he oh, just starts shit. urinating right in front of everybody. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, they only did 10 episodes, though, of the show. Yeah, yeah. And apparently it wasn't a, a ratings hit. 
I remember um, back when Saturday Matinee was a store. Uh, this is back when VHS was around. I remember tracking down like three VHSs of the show. That and Beetlejuice, I remember getting. I'm trying to track down those because th- back then, you know, they didn't always sell the entire series of a, of a cartoon show. You're lucky to get a couple episodes. Yeah, two or three, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a dark time. Well, back then, VHS was 50 bucks an episode. Well, this is actually in the 90s, too. Um, so they didn't even care. They had to order it for me. Uh, Tommy, what do you think? This is my dream I would love to see happen. Uh, Gargoyles meets the Ninja Turtles. Oh, that's a great crossover, yeah. I would I would love to see that. It will never happen, but I would love to see it. Yeah, I mean, Nickel... I don't know. Nickelodeon really needs to up their game now because i mean uh, all the kids that saw the original turtles are all grown up now i would love to see color or black and white it makes no difference i would like to see like a mirage like a hardcore mirage turtle series see that would make sense they, if, if they put yeah, it on they, like a streaming service yeah they touched upon it on in turtle power the last um you know direct animation show before nickelodeon took over Oh, is that when they're like, hey, let's go get some pizza? And, you know, at the end of it, the two. Well, um, was the, like a, they all the, the turtle versions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some okay. turtles, some turtles actually, you know, meet another generation of turtles. So, Tom, um, what about you? I've kind of babbled on about some of the things I liked. What well, cartoons, old and new? I love, I'll be honest with you, very rarely will I run into a cartoon that I didn't like. Actually, I got to ask you this. Did you like Scooby-Doo? Yes. I hate Scooby-Doo. I don't know why. Really? I, I, I like, my wife likes it. I I just don't like it. If Watch I, Mystery Incorporated. I, the, ghosts are, the ghosts are real. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah. They don't just, you know, you. Is that I new? mean, they, uh, two years, two years old. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 more of a a grown up Scooby Doo. Yeah, and it's like they got Scooby Doo, they got Scrappy Doo, they got Scoop. Uh, who's that guy? Scooby Dumb. This yeah, his dumb? cousin. Yeah, that's kind of mean. <laughs> Poor dog. It was, it was a different time. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. Uh, so okay, I I just had to bring it up. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, Popeye was my intro. After I saw that, I was hooked. I, I was. I was trying everything, and you know, I never found fault in in a lot of them. Popeye, uh, Bugs Bunny. Then I got into Disney. Then I discovered action cartoons um, like uh, Thunder the Barbarian mm-hmm. or the Herculoids. You know, I even I even enjoyed Josie and, and the Pussycats in space. Okay. I was like, you know what? The hell with live action. You know, th- this is my arena right here. This is this is my you know. My tone, you know, just anything cartoons, you know, and then then later on, I discovered that, you know, cancellations and limits. And right. I mean, I was I was heartbroken. I didn't think that existed. Cartoons. That's the reason how I got in, how I started reading comic books, because okay. back then I thought I was like, oh, my God, look, there are up to 300 issues of, of Amazing Spider-Man. This this is never going away. <laughs> You know, so I'll just start reading comics, you know, and then, you know, once again, I, I found out about cancellations and, you know, 
reboots and and all that other stuff. But but I'm sidetracking. Loved the Herculoids growing up. I mean, I, I was a huge Hanna Barbera fan, which led me to Filmation. I mean, to this day, Lou Scheimer is still one of my heroes. Uh, he created He Man, Brave Star, you know, Black Star. I mean, for a while, he was the king of Saturday morning. You know, he, right. he taught me about diversity, about Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. Oh, they did that show. Yeah, Filmation? yeah, that was a Filmation show. So much so that Lou Scheimer himself voiced some of the kids. Really, I thought Bill Cosby did. Or he, he did didn't some. Do, he did some. He didn't do all. Okay. I didn't yeah, know like Dumb Donald. I believe that was Lou Scheimer. Okay. Cartoons were, you know, didn't have a limit. It, it was just cartoons can take you anywhere. Yeah. You know, it, it's like it's like reading a good book. You know, instead, you know, I'm a little lazy because I'm not using 100 percent of my imagination. But that was the basis for a lot of things in my life. I mean, I I, I always wanted to know where it came from. I yeah. discovered drawing. Found out later on in life, I can't draw you know, a decent stick figure. So that's out. Yeah. But someone told me, well, you know, somebody writes these. I was like, well, what's writing? And that's when I got hooked. That's when that's when I put, you know, started putting pen to paper and, yeah. and actually using my imagination. You're like, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can, I can write the cartoons. Oh, yeah. I was so happy that I, I found old cartoons as well. Like I discovered them like Space Ghost. Uh, Herculoids, you know, I mean, these these concepts were all brand new to me at the time. And and that's what made them so exciting. I mean, I can I can still watch them and get that same excitement, even though, you know, the plot was, you know, just. Yeah, cheesy. You know, aliens come from, you know, a different planet. You know, we need to protect our, our village. You know, let's go beat them up. Nowadays, you see that stuff. We respect it so much. I mean, I would love to see another updated Herculoids, even a movie. I mean, that, that's a great concept. I mean, is that the one, the thing that looked like Chewbacca? Sort of. Like no, that's Gundar. Okay. Gundar was made by um, Alex Toth and Jack Kirby. Oh, I, he didn't look like Chewbacca, but I always felt it was a Chewbacca ripoff. Yeah, Ugla the Mock. Yep. No, Herculoids was, was uh, a Hanna-Barbera cartoon back in the 60s. It was about a family. I remember Dorno, Kara. I can't remember the father's name, but they had, you know, they lived on a, a distant planet and they had creatures that, you know, inhabited the planet. Kind of like tricer- It looked like a triceratops, sort of. Yes. And yeah. It, it would shoot, it shoot um, fireballs. Right? Yeah. It shoot yeah. Fireballs. Okay. And then it had a dragon and a rock monkey. A rock monkey. Yeah. Uh, igloo. And then, then did the uh, two. <laughs> Those guys, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Blue they're, they're, yeah, they're like two snots, basically. Yes. Okay, yes. Yes. Um, yeah, those were awesome. And then that, they came from the same studio. But then I discovered Space Ghost. Basically a space cop with two kids following him, and he can turn invisible and shoot stuff with, it, with his hands. So Space Ghost actually did stuff. He was a hero. Yes. When I did Coast to Coast, the talk show version, mm-hmm. what do they just, that wasn't really much. Oh, that, no, that was flat out comedy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you um, like that show? Space uh, Coast Co- to Coast? Yeah. It was okay. I, yeah. I thought it was a little too goofy for me, but okay. um, I liked how they handled Brack. 
Brack the, really made that show. The alien, right? The, yeah. The, 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 like the, a the praying mantis or something? red one. No, no. Uh, that was uh, Zorak. Okay. Zorak was basically like um, like the band leader for a talk show. Okay. You know, he would just, you know, he'd either give Space Ghost crap or, you know, just just go along with what he was doing. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, that was the 70s. Then we got into the 80s. I mean, I'll put it to you this way. This is how much I love cartoons. I used to watch the Jackson 5. No, I remember that, yeah. The Brady Bunch. And, you know, then we start getting into Super Friends. That was my first intro into the whole DC universe. Like, I, I knew about Superman. I knew about Batman. Had no idea who Green Lantern was till that show came around. Uh, Apache Chief, Aquaman. I mean, uh, I'll be honest. I, I think that might have been the first time I, I found out about Wonder Woman. Did you watch uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends? Ah, I loved it. That was a great show. Yeah, loved it. I'm trying to think. That, those actually might have been my the first mutants I, I ever saw. Iceman and Firestar. Yeah. There, there was a Frank... Well, is it Frank Walker who did uh, Iceman's voice? Yeah, Frank Welker did everything. It, like, it was like his normal voice, like it mm-hmm. does for uh, Fred from Scooby Doo. Yeah, like, like it wasn't even a voice change there. It was just like, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be Fred's voice for this. I mean, Frank Welker is a genius. Oh, I mean, I mean his animal noises right alone. Now. Oh yeah, and then uh, you start getting into to like serious stuff, like like actual actual stories. You know, because I mean, back then, like I said, in the '70s stuff, the stories were kind of simple. You know, we got it. We get into the 80s. And I mean, I'll never forget. Uh, I fell in love that day with, when I saw Prince Adam lift up his sword. I mean, from then on, I was I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen, you know. And but we started getting into like real stories. Um, Price of power. You know, he man thought he killed a guy. And so he he realizes or. Adam takes it so hard that he actually gives up the power sword. This is the first time also that we see He-Man revert back into Adam. Transformers the movie, just a game changer. One of the good guys actually dies. Like, it was kind of funny because I'm not big on change, but every other trailer I used to see about that movie was, does Prime die? Does Optimus die? And I was like, hey, you better not. We went to the movie, and I'll admit, I, I don't care. I, I I got choked up when when Optimus died. You know, I mean, I didn't I didn't lock myself in a room like some other kids did, but I mean, but it was it was an eye opening moment. I was like, I could you know I could get hurt. You know, the the good guys can lose. You know, Thundercats. You know, He Man obviously. Um, Silverhawks was good. One show I enjoyed. I don't think it ever got the respect it should have gotten, or even they made it goofy. But I guess you can, you, if you really think about it, you can understand why. Cops, the Central Organizational Police Specialists, okay. is based on a toy line that Hasbro came out, um, right. uh, uh, created by, well, not created, but uh, Bart Sears was the uh, show's designer, as well as the toy line designer. The show itself was goofy and you know, you're you're dealing with police. So yeah, I mean, it's not gonna be Hill Street Blues, you know, okay. especially at that time. But I think that's that's one show I think deserves a reboot. I mean, with the social climate, unfortunately, you know, it's never gonna happen. But right. at the same time you can you can 
also used the social climate to make that show work. Right. You know, you, you had long arm, you know, I mean, the leader of cops is an African American. He's an FBI agent. You know, I mean, what, what better way to, to, you know, unite two, two forces, you know, right. Go bots, you know, that was goofy, but you know, it was fun, you know, you know, it could complement the toy line. And, and I get it. A lot of, a lot of stories or or shows back then people thought was just half hour commercials, which, which I think was, which I think is, is just ridiculous. Larry Dottilio, they interviewed him for uh, the He-Man documentary, and they they brought up that question. They're like, well, people think, you know, He-Man was just a half-hour cartoon or a half-hour commercial. And Larry's response was, well, you're wrong because I'm making a half-hour story. Right. You know, I'm entertaining people. I'm not... The nice thing, and, and it shows, the nice thing about Filmation and when it comes to Masters of the Universe was Lou could give, you know, he could care less about selling toys. And I'll flat out tell you, he wanted to produce an animated show that was great for kids. He wanted to entertain. He didn't want to sell toys, you know. Is Filmation still around? No, Filmation, they closed up in the late 80s. And oh, really? Revlon at the time, purchased them. Revlon? The, the, the makeup, makeup company? Comp- yep. Really? Yep. The I'm makeup kidding. company purchased them. Didn't know what to do with them. So mm-hmm. they sold They sold, They sold. sold all the rights and, and the shows. Jeez. Yeah. Stick with makeup. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, all these companies, you know, they're trying to diversify, and then they end up in a situation where they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Nickelodeon. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that, that was the end of Filmation, but it, it's so weird. Like uh, there's a lot of shows you can't find on DVD, you know, yeah. like I can't remember the last time or if any time now I think about it, I saw a fat Albert and the Cosby kids DVD. Yeah. I mean, other, That's other than a, other than a bootleg. That's a good point. They don't play that anywhere. Honestly. Well, yeah, because of the, the you whole... know, the Bill Cosby stuff. Yeah. But even but... before that, you wouldn't see it. Yeah, yeah, it was really hard to, to find something like that. They made the live action movie? They did, yeah. So you would think maybe they would have released it then, you know, yeah, capitalized, yeah. but yeah, they did. I mean, I don't know who owns the rights because I know, I know for a long, long time, Bill Cosby owned the rights to the Little Rascals. That's correct, yeah. And he didn't want to release them because of the, because of how they portrayed Buckwheat. That's right, yeah. So I don't know if he still has the Cosby kids. I mean, it, it was his own. It was his own creation. So I, I have no idea why, why you can't find Fat Albert right now on DVD or, or on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's probably on YouTube though. I'd imagine. Oh sure, Sony, be right out there. And then that's just a taste of the '80s. Then we get into the '90s. You know, we're teenagers. The year of Beavis and ButtHead. Right. You know, uh, Liquid TV. Liquid TV was a great show. Oh, it was awesome. I'll, I'll never forget that episode of, um, there was one with a race car driver. I can't mm-hmm. remember the title of it. And he's just flat out gunning it. I mean, you know, his his manager's over his, uh, his radio telling him to slow down. And he's just going and going. I mean, he's going so fast, the car that he's driving starts to fall apart. <laughs> That's cool. 
the skin off his off his face is not only elastic. I mean, it's starting to peel. That's oh, how man. fast he was going. I mean, this this was like I said, it, it's it was a good progression. You know, we started was, off with Bugs Bunny, and now I'm I'm watching a, a guy get his face torn off. I always liked a stick figure theater. On, um, yes, that theater was great because they would do like they did Night Living Dead, they did uh, an Alfred Hitchcock thing, they did Cyrano de Bergerac, and everything was just stick figures. But it was, and there would be like on uh, lines paper and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it was just great. It was just you know they they it was one of my favorite parts of the show was stick figure theater. Yeah, and you know what made it great? It was entertaining. Yeah, it was they only a half wo- hour. They weren't long. Right. They weren't worried about, oh, how's this going to affect the, the children? How is yeah. this, you know, I mean. They were just showcasing talent. Exactly. It, it was entertaining. Kids understood it if you were young enough. Because, I mean, I remember, like, I, I knew for a fact I shouldn't have been watching this. Heavy Metal, the movie. Okay. It came out in the 80s. And I I thought it was just a regular cartoon. I think Ivan Reitman produced that possibly i yes well i know john candy did the voice of orm did he really yeah and and you know um, look i admit i don't know i don't remember how i got upon this but I, it was probably hbo probably, yeah you know i mean it was probably one of those days uh, on the weekend because you know you're you know five or no no maybe eight or nine you know, you're you're still hyped up back then. You didn't really crave sleep. Yeah. And and hey, you know what? The TV's in the living room. Everybody else is asleep. I'm gonna throw on some late night HBO. So I was like, oh, cool, uh, a, a, a cartoon. Film. Yeah, a cartoon movie. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I mean, they were they were talking about themes, and I was seeing stuff that I shouldn't have been seeing. I admit it. Now, I mean, that, that whole thing with the glowing orb in the middle of the night that possessed the, the little girl and she was terrified. Oh, yeah. my God. That that, that, haunt, that haunted me for years. But that- but believe it or not, you know, as when you're older and you can understand these things. Hey, this is a great movie. You know, this is about a alien, uh, a kid that gets possessed, gets thrown into, you know, into a different planet and he grows up and. That you know, that was just one aspect of it, and then you know, then you start desensitizing. I guess is is the right word because that animation, like that that horror aspect of it, that to me was more terrifying than any slasher film. Okay, you know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't too graphic. I mean, it, it didn't really kill her, but you can actually see the terror in this girl's eyes from from this green orb that was you know basically torturing her my wife thinks it, it's you know it desensitized me but I, you know stuff like that doesn't bother me and i could you know i could safely say perhaps part of the reason why i'm so desensitized to that was because i saw that movie like i can i could watch a person being tortured and well, well you know not that you do right Right, but you know, now I don't, I don't endorse it. But if I see something like that, it won't affect me. I mean, that's that's a whole different podcast, folks. But but yeah, stuff like that. I was on a tangent. I, I forgot where I was going with it. Oh, and then uh, we we get into the '90s, 
Batman the Animated Series. Excellent show. You know, Paul Dini, Bruce Tim, they would. they took Batman and did it justice, you know. Uh, right after it was right after the eighty nine movie and it was just like what, a year after? And year or two yeah. after, and it they had an actual uh score for every episode. Yeah. Um it, uh, not not the same score. It was, they, each episode had its own new music. Um you know, but they brought they brought a seriousness to not only Batman but to animation as well. Yeah, and they gave it, and it had a story. Exactly. Every episode had a story, you know about. You know what was actually really good was um, Batman Sub Zero. Yes, that was a great Batman animated film. I'll never forget that one. That well, was really Mask good. of the Phantasm was also a great film. Just you know, people oh. people didn't go see it. Though. What was the Return of the Joker for Batman Beyond? Oh my god, I love that movie. That was really good. When you finally find out how the Joker returned, you're like, what the? So, there's a flashback scene in Return of the Joker. Where, that's the scene where um, Robin kills the Joker. Right. And he's sitting there, and, you know, he's laughing, and, and he's laughing, and he then all of a sudden he bursts out into tears. He drops to his knees. Andrea Romano was the voice director of that feature. The actor that that did uh, that played Robin didn't have it in her, I, I guess, or him. I, I guess it was like he 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 or she didn't couldn't reach that emotional part. Could you believe that Andrea stepped in for that sequence? That's all her, and it was incredible, haunting, beautiful, you know, sad, all at the same time. And, she pulled it off. I mean, I, I love that scene every time I see it. I love the the scene in that movie where where Joker finds out that Batman's Bruce Wayne, and it, it takes place in a in a movie theater. Oh, Batman right. Batman jumps right through the through the glass. The projector falls, and it's it's playing the movie right off Batman and the Joker as they're beating each other up. I mean, the whole sequence is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Return the Joker. That's yeah. That's one of my all-time you know top ten movies. You start seeing like shows geared for adults, uh, not not exactly adult themes, but you're seeing the Max, King of the Hill, you know. Simpsons. Uh, yeah, Simpsons. Oh, Simpsons has been on forever. Yeah. You know. You know what? But really? you, you know what's interesting about the Simpsons? You can actually see the the growth of the show. Yeah, over time. Oh, the voices and just, yeah. The voices, the, the way people they they've lost. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. All the changes. I mean, we'll never we'll never see Abu ever again. Or Apu, yeah. excuse me. Troy um, McClure, you know. Troy McClure, Martin. yeah. 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 I mean, you can... the One of the cool things I always thought about The Simpsons is kind of like a time machine. Or, or a time capsule. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, they they've always managed to reflect what's going on in that time period. You know, and that's amazing. That's a gift. Yeah, not many shows can do that. Oh, no. Then you even see animation shows that could like Futurama. How many times did that get canceled and then come back in a, in a different station? Right. You know, you can say the same about Family Guy. Family Guy was dead in the water until it hit DVD. Everybody was buying up the DVDs and all of a sudden Fox was like, let's bring it back. I don't know. Family Guy for me kind of lost its steam. Like those those early seasons were fun, but the later stuff I'm just just not into. Like 
I think the last the last Family Guy episode I saw was when Brian died and comes back to life. Yeah, so him and him and Stewie are playing uh, street hockey, and this car out of nowhere just runs him over and he dies. Maybe it was for shock value. I have no idea, but I actually like American Dad okay. more than Family Guy. So, what did you think when you first saw um, like uh, Samurai Jack? Oh my god, I couldn't wait. I remember the exact day too. Because there's like, you know, each episode, like he's got this journey. And then, you know, throughout the series, the journey, there's these little episodes. And, you know, the action sequences are incredible, you know, Mm -hmm. just or the artwork itself or the silence sometimes. Yeah, the voice acting. I mean, that last. Oh, he's incredible. That last season of Samurai Jack, since episode one, the whole thing is a, is a masterpiece. I think it, it's just beautiful. And you know, it's it, it's you could do a show and and have like a really good run and have some the well, terrible episodes. Yeah, but I think for the most part, that show was like hit every every episode hit. Oh yeah, definitely. Which is very very rare for a show. Yeah, yeah, and he. Gendy Tartakovsky just, he never shut it off. Like, the show I love right now, Primal, no dialogue, you know. Hmm. Um, it, it takes place, you know, in, in, in uh, I'm assuming maybe the Stone Age. It's about this caveman who lost his family. He teams up with this T-Rex who lost his, her family, his or her family. And they're just, they're just trying to live each day in and through this life they were given. That's, I mean, it, it is such a, a metal show. I mean, it, I'll be honest with you. I had a terrible week this week. One that I, you know, I need, I needed some alone time. So I, I, you know, curled up on my couch, put on, put on, um, you can watch it either on the adult swim app or HBO max, put on the last episode of primal. I mean, you think you have a rough day. This poor guy just lost his family, his children. So that, that's touching. I mean, you know, you, you have to see it to, to fully appreciate it. But he has to save his his T-Rex now from these ape men that are jacked up on, on some black liquid. Like I mean, of- yeah. Okay. I mean, he he's tired of losing stuff, you know, obviously. You know, he doesn't want to lose anymore. So he rips out of these these bandages that that they've entrapped him he drinks all this black liquid he he hulks out basically jumps and just just bashes i mean there's there's it's extremely graphic so i mean this isn't this isn't your usual tartakovsky's fair i mean he's the same guy that made transylvania hotel yeah hotel transylvania yeah oh yes thank you i mean i mean it's brutal it is flat out brutal i mean yeah i'm not gonna i'm spoilers i mean he he goes after the the ape that that beat up his his t-rex he rips his arms right off and then he starts beating him with the same arms arms, with the arms (laughs) i i mean it's right now it's my favorite show i mean i i I swear by this show i I love i'll put it to you this way i love this show so much I got married to watch two episodes. She liked it. She said she found it enjoyable or uh, amusing was the was the term she used. I mean, well, she she's 
she's not big on on violence and yeah. and stuff like that. But she also doesn't, you know, she doesn't like violence, and she doesn't want to cry at the end of the show either. She just wants to be entertained. Right. Yeah, that's fair. But she she was like, "You actually like this?" And I was like, "I love this." Right now, in, in this point of my life, I mean, this is the show for me. I mean, all this guy, I can't wait till it comes back. I mean, you want to see some pretty interesting concepts? This is the show for you to watch. You know, if you haven't if you haven't watched it yet, give it at least one episode. And, and so you said, and no- don't, you know what? I take that back. Give it two episodes. Watch the pilot. Pilot's very heartbreaking. Yeah, you're gonna be in tears at the end of the pilot, and and any other show because it, it doesn't really follow a linear or anything. No, yeah, nothing like that. I mean, you can watch episode one and episode three, and you're not gonna miss a beat. Okay, but I mean, uh, the concepts they have in this. I mean, the artwork's beautiful, but the stuff these two guys run into, and this is just a daily, you know, a life, a day in the life of a caveman. Yeah, he's trying to survive. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I mean, kids, if I mean, I don't recommend it for kids, but if a kid happens to see it, it's not gonna mess them up, you know. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it'll make them a great tattoo artist, but <laughs> it'll it, it really makes you think. I mean, your day is bad. Think about this poor guy, his whole day is spent on finding food, shelter, you know, warmth, yeah. you know, basic necessities. And and now he's got to combat, you know, ape men. You know, when he goes swimming, he's got to combat, you know, things that live in the water. When he goes through a forest, there's other stuff. I'm not I'm trying not to I'm trying to do it justice without spoiling anything. Right. But yeah, I love this. I love hmm. Primal. Uh, I can't wait for for the other stuff or the, the rest of the season. I hope it didn't get canceled. Hmm. And then. And then, you know, flip of a coin, you have uh, Rick and Morty, you know, who, believe it or not, if you really think about it, this show makes you think, you know, you you have this grandfather who abandoned his family when he was younger, you know, his daughter has issue has father issues, you know, all through the prism of comedy, you know. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's where I'm up to right now as far as animation. Excuse me. There's a ton of stuff we 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 haven't even covered. I gotta say, I'm a, I love. It's only, it was only two uh, two seasons. Um, I wish it was longer, but uh, it's on Disney Plus. Gravity Falls. Oh yeah, Mary, Mary it, loves that. Is there are things in the first episode that take pl- have a meaning later on? Um, mm-hmm. The show is great. I, I I love that show. That's one of my favorite shows. That's one of the ones that you could watch over and over and it doesn't get it. It doesn't get old. It doesn't, you kind of like pick up new things and you know, it's just, I I wish I kind of like wish there was a show like that when I was a kid, but it's just like, you really could enjoy it as an adult. Yeah. Because it's like, you could like appreciate everything that's been going on and and hinted at. And, and, you know, the first time you watch trying to put things together and what does this mean? What does that mean? Uh, That's a great show. Along the Disney lines, Star versus the Forces of Evil. Mm-hmm. I love that show. That yeah. show, I mean, the first time I saw it, I saw it with my goddaughter. And we were watching it, and I'm like, uh, this might be a little bit too much for her at, at her age. 
But then, you know, I started watching it and I started getting it. Yeah, this is, you know, flat out children's show. But it, it, it had some interesting themes. You know, right. I was like, wow, this is a great Disney show. You know, I mean, I you, could, was, uh... you, you could put this along um, like next to Gargoyles almost. Yeah. And, and Gargoyles was heavy with the continuity. You know, speaking of Gargoyles, I just saw an episode that a lot of people were like, oh, it's the greatest episode ever. It was the one where um, I want to say Manhattan. It was the, the big fat one. I forgot. Uh, Hudson. Hudson. No, Hudson was the old guy. Broadway. Maybe it was. Yeah, Broadway. Broadway. Broadway was um, he saw his first movie. It was a Western and he was all into guns. Oh, yes, yes, yes. What's um the the cop lady uh, Eliza? Eli- thank you, yeah. Eliza invites him over to to make him like a dinner or something, and he sees her gun because she's a cop. So he starts messing with it and he shoots Eliza. Yeah, and the whole episode is about is she gonna live? I mean, how great! I mean, th- yeah, that's not only heavy for the nineties, it was it, it was for a kid and, show for Disney. But you know what? Yeah, but you know what I. You got to applaud Disney for putting that out there. Yeah. You know, they're, I mean, they're showing kids, listen, once again, good guys get hurt, you know, or even, even as an accident. I mean, if I were to teach a kid anything about guns, I'd make them watch this episode first. Right. I mean, this, it was an incredible episode. I was, I was really surprised, especially uh, as a, as a, a Disney, you know, half hour cartoon. Yeah. That was a, that was like their Batman animated. Yes. You know, like that was like their hit that I don't think they realized they had to this day. Their people are so fans. You know, that Rick Baker actually um, designed a prototype for a live action movie yeah. for Goliath. And there was all these things. And the, wanted... um, the guy that did that wrote the new. Um, yeah. The Justice Polygon. League or Young Young Justice for uh, the DC app. Mm hmm. He was one of the head writers of that show. He also wrote the uh, comics. Okay. Oh, Greg, After, we- Greg yes, Wiseman. Yes, Greg Wiseman. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, he's the creator of it. Right. He um he wrote a live action screenplay. Yeah, he's he would love to bring it back. I mean, I'm sure. You know what? A... Disney. This is the stuff Disney Pluses should be doing. This yeah. is the stuff they should be well, looking into. You could and you could watch the original series on Disney Plus. Yes, it's on it's on it right now. So you know. If you want to relive your childhood, definitely go watch it. You could see that episode, like you said. Um, but yeah, that was that that was uh, it's a heavy cartoon for 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 Disney to do. They don't really come out with stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's surprising, but it's for the times, surprising to this day. You know what? Yeah, it is. But then, like I said, you're you're watching like Gravity Falls. That that yeah, kind of heavy. Um, Star yeah. versus the first forces of evil that gets into some stuff. So Disney's getting there. They're just taking their time with it. Yeah, kind of, they kind of have to, you know, yeah. who they are. You know, it's like people are ready to complain about it to them at the drop of a hat, at the drop of a, uh, a Mickey hat, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, they, they, they don't really get much, they don't get a break. So yeah, so that we're going to have to do a part two. Yeah, we're, we're going to, hash back to that to this topic because i mean we, we just like literally just skin the surface that's how much we love animation folks yeah We're, i mean this is just this this is just like a speck on, on the giant planet of knowledge we have about our our favorite shows 
if you liked the episode, let us know. And if you didn't, we're going to pretend you did, and we're going to do it. We'll do another one anyway. Yeah, um, please. We just, mean, this is. I'm sorry, Ian. This is this is a topic. I'm. I mean, I'm very passionate about. Was, I haven't seen Tommy talk this much about something. But, you know, it's funny you said that. Uh, somebody I grew up with said, "This is the most I've heard you talk ever." <laughs> um, I, I'm very passionate about this. You know, what? um, we're working on. Believe it or not, uh, spoilers. We're working on getting some people to talk with us about this subject. People that have actually worked in the animation industry. So, so, so stay tuned and please join the conversation toys podcast at gmail.com. Let us know, you know, find us on Facebook, you know, shoot us a, anything on Twitter, you know, we're always on there. Here's the thumbs up. So along those lines, Kevin Smith just announced he's doing a green Hornet, I saw that, yeah. Cartoon series. Cartoon, yeah. He didn't get to do his movie, so maybe this is, uh, you know, because he was going to direct the Green Hornet movie at one point. Right. So maybe this is, uh, maybe the He-Man thing worked well for him. Yeah, yeah, which is good um, yeah. for a lot of levels. Uh-huh. Uh, Green Hornet originated as a radio series by George W. Trendle in the 1930s. His story of Britt Reid, the wealthy owner and publisher of a fictional newspaper, the Daily Sentinel, along with his duties at the newspaper, he would fight crime at night with his sidekick, Cato. Do you know who his uncle is? Like a great uncle? No. The Lone Ranger. Britt Reed's or, or, or yeah, Britt Trendle? Reed. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the Lone Ranger, uh, the Green Hornet is his like great nephew or whatever, you know, the time lapses. But yeah, they're related, which is wow. pretty cool. Yeah. That is cool. According to Smith, it's they're going to be jumping back and forth. They're going to see the original Britt Reid and then the current version, which is, I guess, his son. And then Cato has a daughter, and she takes over. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. Snake Eyes movie got pushed back to 2021. Yeah. I mean, that's that's nothing new. Back to the Future is coming out with a new 4K set which is including auditions from Ben Stiller, C. Thomas Howell, and John Cryer. That's cool. Cryer said on his Twitter feed the other day how he auditioned. And this is back in the early drafts of the script, how the time machine was a a refrigerator. And that one of the things, well, actually, in this draft, what powered the machine was Coca-Cola, which is a very very strange idea. (laughs) Now... Isn't that like a, a, a Spielberg trope? Like, didn't he do something like that in Indiana Jones with the fridge? Well, yeah, but I don't really consider that them connected because okay. what, hap- what happened was one of the things that in their original early drafts of Back to the Future was when it was the, the refrigerator, they were going to have him at the dropping of the atomic bomb to generate the power to send him in to the future. So it's kind of like getting the 1.21 gigawatts from the bolt of lightning. Um, you know, him hiding in a refrigerator, a lead-lined refrigerator, during an ato- a test blast of the atomic bomb on a test site, probably should have killed him. You know, if, you, if you're flying in the air and crashing and you're coming out and you're not, you don't have one broken bone, you're not bleeding, you know, I don't, that, that 
Yeah, that whole scene was just, uh, it's just, oh, God. Okay, so do you remember Batman Death in the Family? Yeah, when uh, Jason Todd dies. Yes. And do you know how he died? Oh, Joker beat the shit out of him on a crowbar and then blew him up. Right. He, Joker wasn't the only one. I'm going to. There's the fans. Exactly. So. People, why'd you, why'd you do that? That's terrible. October 13th of this year, DC Animation's releasing the animated version of Batman Death in the Family. Get this. Here, here's something interesting. People could kill Robin again. again. It's in, fully interactive. It's going to be the first of its kind from uh, Warner Brothers Animation. Comes out October 13th. So you can either choose to have Joker killed Robin, or, or or maybe there's an alternate way you can do it where Robin actually lives, finds his mother. Yeah, I remember that issue. I remember that. Yeah, I did not. I did not call though. That's probably why I I could have been the saving number that, that kept him alive. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, believe it or not, folks, this is a show about toys. So, NECA. NECA Toys. Oh, speaking of which, pause what you're doing to this show. Go to thenecashop.com. Order your Raza and Tokar action figures that you saw from, from last year's Toy Fair. They're $69.99. It's direct to market. This is NECA's answer to all the bots that have been plaguing Target. This is why you can't find your Ninja Turtle movie figures, your Metalhead figures. Support this because... Randy even said, he even told Pixel Dan about this recently, that if this is a success, direct to consumer, they're going to come out with bigger things. Like That's I'm, cool. I'm thinking, I'm thinking we may see a, a movie turtle van through this. Cool. Yeah. So stop what you're doing. Order Token Razar, you know, for your collection. Incredible figures. We saw them firsthand at Toy Fair. I mean, these things are beautiful. Uh, I'm. I'm not going to sell them for them, but I mean, they, they sell themselves. As soon as you're done ordering them, thank you. And then put us back on and, and <laughs> you know, finish the rest of this episode. So NECA has teased that they may have the license to both the boys live action TV show on Amazon Prime and They Live, movie yeah. that Ian loves. Yeah, They Live is just... Roddy Roddy Piper, man, at his greatest. Um, was it Keith David? Uh, Goliath's voice. Uh, he was in it. John Carpenter, just it's a hell of a film. Yeah, Roddy Piper. It's got one of the longest fight scenes ever. Just when they're in the alley fighting, beating the snot out of each other. Great, great movie. There's been some rumors about Gremlins, which is kind of cool. So there's, it's been announced for a while about a Gremlins 3. Chris Columbus, the guy who wrote the first draft, first movie of uh, Gremlins and the second is involved the third script. One of the fat things I didn't know until recently was the original script for Gremlins was much more of a horror story. When Warner Brothers got involved, they kind of like, you know, toned it down, played more on the gore happening to a Gremlin. In the original draft, when they Gremlins go evil, or the Mogwais go evil, Gizmo is actually the ringleader of evil Gremlins. It was Spielberg who said, let's leave Gizmo, uh, leave him as a grum. Don't let him change. And so they had, a, they came up with strike, you know, just smart move by Spielberg. This guy's just genius. So uh, there's also another one coming out on uh, HBO Max. There is a, it's going to be a prequel to Gremlins. It takes place in the 1920s in Shanghai. And it's about a 10 year old Sam Wing. 
Now, Sam Wing is a gentleman who owns Giz, the Gizmo the Mogwai in the beginning of Gremlins, the old man. Jack Pacific is in pre-orders right now for an item that's coming out in September 2020. This is a Gremlins countdown calendar. So think of it as like an advent calendar. Uh, it's got 31 days. You can use it for anything, whatever you want. And it's designed to look like the movie theater from the first Gremlins. And every day you open up one chair or you can do it all at once. It's up to you. And inside underneath that chair is a one inch figure or accessory. Uh, this is actually really cool. Gremlins is just been like getting like like ballpark. I knocked out of the ballpark with merchandise lately. You know, the only thing I haven't seen, even from like NECA, is a uh, thing. I'm glad they're only doing Gremlins, like because they haven't done uh, Billy, which is played by Zach uh, Galligan, or they haven't done a Phoebe Cates character. And I, I think it's kind of cool that they just stick to the Gremlins because kind of the star. They're really the stars of the movie. Yeah, I always said people get in the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm glad with what they're doing. From you Star Wars Mandalorian fans, there's a Monopoly version of Mandalorian. It's called Monopoly Star Wars: The Child. I I, I kind of prefer it to be the Mandalorian, to be honest with you, instead of the Child. Any Tron fans? I mean, they're making the Tron light cycle ride in Disney World. It's going to be it's going to be so cool. San Diego Comic Con Diamond Select. They released a Tron figure. Um, I forgot to mention this last week. This this thing is so cool looking. It looks like the original toy. The figure is has colors of an old VHS design, and it comes in a VHS box. He's seven inches tall. He reacts to a, a black light, just like in the movie, how their suit kind of lit up, which is really cool. Comes with multiple identity discs with energy effects. It's priced at $39.99 and is pre-ordered to ship of August 2020. For a few Hocus Pocus fans of Disney, um, and this, that, that movie's been getting more and more popular each year. Q-Figs uh, is coming out some, with something that's exclusive to either the Disney Store or ShopDisney.com. This is coming out on August 10th, and it's the Sanderson Sisters Flying on a Vacuum. There's no price on this item, but it will be coming out. So um, I'm interested. Q-Figs is pretty cool. Uh, they, they have a, a, a look all their own, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how this thing does. Yeah, uh, they do that, um, like the cute. Like, yeah, like cute yeah, yeah, they did the bat, the bat family with like all the robins. Um, they did those turtle things I talked about last week. They did Harry Potter. I would say it's like um, the man's precious moment. Oh, cool. I, I guess if I had to like give it a, a, a description, maybe I would I would throw that out. I just threw it out there, so I guess I have to stick with it. So, so yeah, that, that's that's what I got. Thank you to Brian Salvatore for our intro and outro music. Shared Universe Podcast Studio. And tomorrow is August 1st. Yeah, have 13 days to get on the Action Figure Adventure uh, auction. Please join us at toyspodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. Please give us a rating or a comment, or please do both. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram. You can follow us at, at Toy Lines. Facebook, you can find us at, at Toy Lines or Toy Shelf Magazine. Thank you once again. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, play with your toys. But tonight, here's some homework. Find a cartoon, any cartoon you like. Just watch it. Enjoy it. Bring somebody into it. Somebody you love. Yeah, watch your cartoons, folks.
Have a good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs>